100,000 dead and rising, as they say. We're being told each and every day exactly how many people have died from the coronavirus. And I am sorry, but I do not believe it one bit. We have car crashes. We have heart attacks. We have the flu. We have pneumonia. We have all these sorts of things that people die from each and every day. That's not to put it lightly, but that's how things go. But yet, what do we do? We put it on the news every night. Well, 100,000 people have died now. It's a milestone. This has never happened before. Well, yes, actually, it has happened before. Uh, Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people die. Every year, we lose millions of people to various things. We have cancer. We have heart attacks. We have all those things that I already mentioned. We have all these things that happened each and every year. But what do we do? Eh, we just got to put it on the news and scare the people, you know, scare those scare those senior citizens who are at home and, and really, you know, can't do anything about it. We can't do anything about it, but but yet let's let's just put it on the news and we'll get everybody whipped up into a frenzy and then we can all wear our masks and feel like we're doing something. You know, <clears throat> for far too long, I have to say that I've kind of played the game with people. I keep a mask in my truck. That's not to say I enjoy wearing it or I choose to wear it. I will wear it if it's required, although it's not a law. I don't care what anybody says. No law has been passed that I'm aware of that the masks need to be worn. Executive orders aren't laws. You know, that's one of the things that the left is having trouble finding out now with uh, President Trump in office is all of these executive orders that were passed under the previous administration are not holding water right now. He is striking just about every single one of those executive orders down. If you want something to be a law, it needs to be passed in Congress, and it needs to be signed by the president. You cannot just dictate things. And what we have is we have governors in these states who are just dictating who can and who cannot be open. So it's okay for Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot to be open. It's not okay for that diner down the street, say DJ's Diner or Muriel's or any other restaurant in the area or small mom and pop shop that really can't afford to go without. You know, we have the government that is just inept at every single level and I just can't stand it. But this is what we have. We have Planned Parenthood getting $80 million dollars. 80 million that's supposed to be going to some of these small businesses, such as the one I work for. There are a lot of companies out there that hire a lot of people to do actual work, not killing babies, um, not murder. They do actual work. They produce something. They provide a service. They produce a product. They provide something that the public wants. They create wealth. They create value. One of the things that they do overseas, over in Europe, they have something called a VAT. That's a value-added tax. So let's say you have a cell phone. Let's take an iPhone. You take an iPhone, and the sum of all the parts, if you added them all up together, would be less than the cost of the device. You have to cover all of the expenses of the devices, the labor to put it together, The R&D is a big part of it. All the money that you spent in producing this device, the software that goes into it, the overhead for the facilities that are going to make this and the engineering facilities and everything else. And when you have people like Tim Cook or uh, I can't even think of his name now and people are going to be upset about that. But, you know, whenever you have, (laughs) can't even think of his name, whenever you have the 
the guy who came up with Apple, one of the co-founders, Steve Jobs, sorry. When you have him out there flying around, I know he's dead now, so forgive me. Uh, when you have these CEOs, COOs, and, and these officers flying around, that has to be paid for. All of these things have to be paid for. So what you have is you have the price of the device. And I know this is like a third grade economics course here, but whenever you have a device, you have to charge more for it than the sum of the parts, plus all of these other things that go into it. Overseas, what they do is a VAT, so it's a value-added tax, and what that means is all of these parts are taxed. So whenever this device, let's say you've taken all these parts and you've put them together, and we'll say an iPhone X, the iPhone X, uh, or I have the XR, so the XR, you take that device. Now, it might be uh, $400, $450 for all the parts, for the overhead, for everything, but they charge 1000 for it, right, where they used to. Well, you have these taxes that are levied because all these parts only were worth $400, $450. But when you put them together and you put it in this package with the software and everything, now it's worth a lot more. So you have something that's value added. You've created wealth out of thin air. You've created something that did not exist before. And this is why I kind of laugh whenever people say, well, we want a share of the pie. We want to slice the pie and we want a share of the pie. Well, a share of the pie or a slice of the pie indicates or implies that the pie is finite. And that's the thing is it's not. There is no finite pie. You can grow the economy, you can shrink the economy, and you can, as I've said many times, you can kill the economy. Now, I know there are some people out there, good people, people who I used to consider friends of mine, who have really gotten on me lately. Well, you just don't understand how dangerous this is. And we've never seen anything like this before. Really? Are, are, you, are you sure? We've never seen anything like this before. There have been plagues. There have been all sorts of things that have happened over the generations, over the centuries, over the millennia. You know, I think people, people like to get caught up in things. Look at all these kids who are out here. They want to do the new dance. And you can listen to old oldies music, and you'll hear this. Do the locomotion, you know, do the Charleston. You, just all these dances that they came up with. The twist, chubby checker, you know, all these different things. People like to get caught up in a moment. They like to feel like they're involved in something bigger than themselves. And I, I don't feel that way. I don't have a desire to do what everybody else does. But I can understand why somebody would want to. And I think, unfortunately, what's happened is... Everybody shares these little things. Oh, you if you don't wear a mask, you don't care about other people. Well, it's that's actually a very simplified look at it, and that's downplaying everything else, all the reasons why I disagree with it. You might not agree with my observation and my analysis and, and my decision making, but that doesn't mean that my decision making is wrong. It also doesn't mean that you're necessarily wrong. You know, we could both be wrong, we could both be right to a certain extent. But whenever I hear people who try and tell me that, well, you're, why don't you just wear the mask? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just fall in line? I believe it's a very dangerous precedent to get in to where you just follow in line just because you're expected to. I'm not trying to draw parallels. I'm really not. But it's not that far off to remind people that just less than 70, 80 years ago, we had people who were told to do certain things, to go certain places. Imagine back in World War II, where we treated the Japanese like, like they were murderous. 
people. We told the Japanese, those who were of Japanese descent, we told them to go to concentration camps here in the United States, that we didn't trust them because they, we were at war with Japan and, and they might be spies. You know, we treated them horribly. And unfortunately, they really didn't have a way to fight back or to stand up for themselves. They just had to go. I don't want to be one of those people. Now, fortunately, it ended up well for them. But other people who are compelled to do things against their will, it did not end up very well for them. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I do want to draw one parallel. Something that I'm seeing that I absolutely deplore. I hate it. I cannot stand it. I'm seeing people who every day they're saying, well, this many people have died so far. Here's the ticker. We're showing how many people have died. And, and I know there are a lot of people that hate seeing the national debt. They hate seeing that ticker. They say that it's triggering, that it upsets them, that there's nothing you can do about it. So I get upset. Well, I kind of feel the same way about this virus. I once said that I wasn't afraid of it because nobody was going to get it. And I will admit that I, I might be wrong there. I would admit that. You might want to keep this recording because I'm agreeing, I'm admitting that I was wrong in some aspect. I'm being a little facetious here. But honestly, I will say that it has spread more. Supposedly, from what I'm hearing, it spread more than I thought it would. However, the damage that it has done is a 30th or a 40th as deadly as what they made it out to be. This wasn't the be-all, end-all killer that they tried to make it out to be a three or four to five to ten million, you know, person killer. It, it didn't happen that way. And what we've done is we have said, well, we did all these things because we cared about the economy and uh, we care about the economy, but we care about people more. Well, that sounds great. But what you're doing when you shut down things like we did is you have people, men, for example, who... Men seem to go through and commit suicide and carry through with it. Um, one of the things, this might sound sexist to you, but it's what I've read, it's what I understand. A lot of times with women, they might try or attempt to do that. And a lot of times it's a, it's a call for help. Um, but whenever you take men who have lost their job, and I'm not trying to put women down at all, I hope that's not how this comes across, but... You know, men innately, for the most part, other than people who love staying home in their parents' basement and playing video games and not getting a job at 45, for the most part, men want to be the one who provides for their family, cares for their family, loves their family, and, and brings home the bacon, brings home the bread for the family, that feeds the family. You look after them. You're the man of the household. That's your job. And invariably, what happens is whenever you shut down things like you do, you take the self-worth of an individual and you just crush it. One of the things that I've noticed, and I think I've said this before, but I will say it again. This is my podcast after all. When you ask a man during his interview, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's he going to do? First thing he's going to do is tell you what he does. He'll tell you what he's been doing, what he wants to do, what he does for a living, what his goal is, where he'd like to be. Whereas, on the other hand, a lot of times women are more interested in family and relationships. Men seem to get their self-worth from their job. So when you take that job away from them, when you make them feel helpless and worthless and make them feel like they have nowhere to turn, then the, the suicide rate is going to skyrocket. It's going to go up. It went up in 2008. It went up during the housing crisis. 
it's going to happen again. We also have a lot of people who aren't going to the hospital when they should be. You know, I had a little bit of an accident. I'm not going to go into what happened, really, but my foot, you know, got injured slightly, not real bad. And I went to the hospital. And it crossed my mind, well, how many people are going to be sick there? How many of these COVID people are going to be there? And I went there and the place is empty. There was, I think, one other person in the emergency uh, section there other than me. But, you know, people who watch the news and who listen to what they say on the news would have thought that there was a line out the door there. I just killed a bug. They would have thought that just everything was falling apart, that just everybody's dying. And that's not the case. In this area, at least, it's, it's very mild. And I would argue that I think you could go back to living as we used to and there would be no problem in this area because we tend to be a little bit more separated than they do in other areas. And you know what? I like that. I don't want to live in a big city. I don't want to have to deal with traffic. I don't want to have to deal with construction. I don't want to have to deal with public transportation. I like my vehicle. I like driving where I want to be and where I want to go. So everybody has what they're looking for. You have what you're interested in. But I choose to live here in in West Virginia at this point in time. And I choose to live here because I don't want to be treated like I'm just a child, as they do in New York City, where they have to have government tell them what they can and can't carry as far as a weapon, what they can and can't own, where they can and can't go. I have no desire to live like that. That's not the way that this country, that most of us was were raised. We were raised to be able to do whatever we want, whenever we want, go wherever or whenever, without asking anyone. Don't have to ask for permission. You know, I had class with a person who I spoke about earlier, from uh, Saudi Arabia, he had to have permission to come to the United States. He had to get permission from his government to come here to go to school. And once he was done with school, that he had to take at an accelerated rate, I might add. Once he was done with school, he had to go back home. You know, <laughs> there. I understand that when you leave the country, you're kind of at the whim of what your country allows you to do. But For the most part, as Americans, we're allowed to do a lot. I'm not saying we're as free as I wish we were, but we are pretty free. And as I wrap this all up, I didn't intend for this to be long. But what I've been upset about, I just saw this tonight, that whole 100,000 person deal, is this is eerily reminiscent, eerily reminiscent of the President George W. Bush presidency. If you remember, back when George W. Bush was president, they did not like the fact that we were at war. All these people who wanted us to go to war, and you'll have to excuse me, I'm getting, getting changed here. All these people who wanted us to go to war, who said that it was okay, who people like John Kerry, who I was for the war before I was for uh, against the war, you know, they all pretty much gave the president permission to go and to do this. Then, whenever it turned out to be unpopular, they decided that they didn't want to agree to be there anymore. So what did the media do? Well, the media says every night, well, this many, this many soldiers died today. And don't get me wrong, I have a lot of respect for our soldiers. And I would venture to say that I've probably thanked more soldiers for their service than just about any of the people that I'm associated with. 
If I see anyone in uniform, I usually make it a point to go up and shake their hand. That's not to say that I deserve praise because of that. I think every American should be thankful to our servicemen and women for what they do. But I'll tell you one thing, they were not trying to honor those soldiers. What they're trying to do at that point, because of the way that they pushed it and the narrative that they had, they were trying to make it seem as though the president was going against the American people's will when that was not the case. And what do we have here? We have a president who, in my opinion, whether you like him or not, he has done every single thing he can to try and help us get through this situation. Let's not forget, it's China who sent this disease here. It's China who was more interested in saving face than letting the WHO, who is not our friend, by the way, letting them know that they had messed up. They didn't do that, and because of that, we have to deal with a virus that could have only been a few people, a few handfuls of people, maybe a couple dozen at most. But instead, what do we have? We have mass hysteria in the United States. You might disagree with me, and I really don't care if you do. That doesn't mean that my point of view is invalid. But I really think what we have with this whole 100,000 people deal Because of what the left is saying, I'm putting two and two together. It sure seems to me like they're trying to drive the narrative that this president is not doing enough. And what I want to know is, what more should we do? How long should we stay at home? How many people should lose their job? We've had a couple more million who lost their job and are on unemployment now. So how many more people need to be on unemployment? How many more houses need to go up for foreclosure because people can't afford to to feed themselves and pay for their mortgage? Whether you agree with the size of their house or not, or maybe they're over leveraged, that's what Americans do. Most Americans tend to spend every dollar they make. And I'll tell you what, I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. But you know, we have to start looking inward and being a little bit more self-reliant. Guys, sorry it went so long, but I am just sick and tired of this whole situation. I spent the day in New York and in Pennsylvania I've been in the Northeast about seven out of the eight last weeks, and um, I just can't get over the whole mask hysteria. Everybody thinks that they're saving the world by wearing a mask, and um, and I'm sorry. Maybe they're afraid, but I'm not going to play into their hysteria, and I have no problem not wearing a mask. I have no problem going into the bathroom, washing my hands, grabbing a towel or a paper towel and opening the door. I have no problem going into truck stops, washing my hands, use the restroom, use the facilities, get a shower. I'm not afraid. I'll use common sense. I'll use a paper towel to open the doors. But unless I have to wear that mask, that mask is staying in my pocket. It can be in there all day long. It doesn't bother me at all. And then whenever I have to wear it, then I can just give myself viruses or diseases because it shouldn't be in my pocket to begin with. But you know what? I really don't care. Uh, If that's the way people want to play it, that's the way we'll do it. And, uh, you know, George Carlin had a filthy mouth. But I tell you, if you ever have time, and I advise that you do not let your kids listen to this, but if you have time, listen to what George, George Carlin said about germs. Because profanity or not, what he was saying actually made sense. You know, we've sprayed our houses with... Febreze and bleach and Clorox and everything else, and we've cleaned it all up. What we're doing is actually hurting ourselves because in the end, what we're doing is we're we're not allowing our immune systems to strengthen themselves. If you want to build muscles, you got to pick up heavy weights 
and you got to exercise and you got to eat right. You got to support your body. You can't just expect things to, to grow and to strengthen on their own. You have to do something about it. And staying at home, watching TV all day is not going to help you get over the virus. And what I think is going to happen, and I might be wrong, but what I think is going to happen when this is all said and done, we're going to have a lot of people coming back out of their houses that are going to get the flu. They're going to get the virus. They're going to get all sorts of diseases because their immune system has been suppressed. It has not been uh, exposed. And what you're going to have is a, you will have a second wave if we keep this nonsense up because people's immune systems are going to be so weakened by the time this is over. Well, guys, that's all I have today. Hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, send me a text to let me know. Drop me a line. If you didn't like it, I don't really mind. Uh, don't let me know because I really don't want to hear. <laughs> I, if you believe other than I do, that's fine. But I'm really not interested in knowing about it. I've, uh, I've seen everybody else's arguments. I've heard them. I've thought about it. And I've made up my mind as to what the truth is and what hysteria is. And I'm sorry, but for the most part, the people who are really up in arms right now are the people who are the least affected by this. The people who are really up in arms are the people whose jobs are not affected. They're the people who are still getting a paycheck without having to go into the office. And it would be lovely if I could just sit right here at home and be on my high horse about how we just need to shut everything down. But you know, I'm only here for a little bit. And then I got to go back to work. And that's what I have to do because I can't afford to let the government pay for me to live my life. I'd rather make it on my own by the grace of God. And that's what I'd like for every American. So guys, thanks for listening. Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming around. And we'll talk to you later on. Take care now.